The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we've got Ray Dorset, a.k.a. Mungo Jerry, on the line with us here. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty cool. It's pretty cold, but it's a lovely, bright, sunny day, and I've just been with my wife on the beach um, having something to eat, a late lunch. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, I'm in... Actually, I don't know where... Where are you based? I'm in Bournemouth. I'm in a town here called Falkirk. Falkirk! I've been there, but years and years. It's such oh, a long wow. time ago since I was in Scotland. Yeah. I detect I detect the Scottish accent. I love my accent, actually. Well, thank you. By the way, yeah. I, uh, last last week I had a vegetarian haggis, would you believe, Ooh. for my dinner, which I like. Do you, do, you, do you eat haggis? I've never had it, to be honest. It doesn't sound oh, no, very how appealing. Can, <laughs> how can you not eat haggis when you're a Scottish person? I don't know. Well, you'll have to change your ways. Yeah, maybe. Now, you're one of the people who have came together to work on this new song about saving the planet basically haven't you so well, you well it's, a, it's a whole album actually because oh. i wrote i wrote the song uh well i didn't actually write the song um yeah. phil g as he likes to be known came up with the concept yeah. and he wrote a lyric which he passed on to many 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 people he'd never written a song lyric in his life before and he off he said you know come along and uh, do what you can with it, and I came up with this idea, and they, and and obviously they liked it so much that uh, we actually um, used it as one of the first singles to promote this Minds Behind the Music mm. album. And I decided to give the uh, the lyrical section that he wrote a title and called it a plea for the planet. Yeah. And I put that as the last track on the new album that I've uh, been recording. Well, I've, well completed the recording now. Yeah, nice. Y- yeah. There's a lot of interesting yeah. people mixed up with this uh, project, isn't there? Mm, definitely, yeah. And because we had this big COP26 climate conference a few weeks ago, is the timing just a coincidence or was it perhaps inspired partly by that? I think, it, to, to be quite honest, I didn't really speak to Phil about that, but mm. I think it was purely coincidental. Yeah. I think it was if it wasn't it's a great job of engineering although the things that i'm concerned about don't seem to have been addressed by the cop 26 conference they haven't touched on a lot of the things that i think should be changed because i'm i'm very much interested in the quality of life being improved for everybody in in our country or in our kingdom the united kingdom whatever you wish to call it whether 
because Scotland wishes to stay in with England or they don't. I mean, over the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, there's always been a conflict between England, Scotland, Wales, well, and the rest of Europe, in fact. So, but but, uh, at the end of the day, everybody in every country are are, um, people that really should have the opportunity to enjoy a certain quality of life and they're not being able to at the moment not only because of global warming but because of the fact that so so many organizations and governments turn a blind eye to the amount of rubbish that's being produced and that is polluting the rest of the uh, we we say i don't like saying the planet but it's the planet planet earth it's the whole planet Earth is being polluted and drowning in a sea of rubbish, as far as I'm concerned, which doesn't help the ecological system, doesn't mm. it, it, it um, adds to the global warming and it adds to everything else. Yeah, that's the thing. This conference has probably done nothing overall. No, all it's done, I think, is put money in the pockets of publicists, politicians tr- travelling and staying out expenses and mm. everything else. It's, I mean, I haven't actually heard any promise by any politician or anybody speaking at COP26 that seemed reasonably feasible. Mm. I mean, this phasing out of all these, um, like, petrol and diesel vehicles, whether, be they're, whether they're cars or whether they're trucks or whether they're buses, I don't think it's a possibility. Mm. I, I mean, it'd be great to come up with another form of power that would power everything as we wish it to be, but it's it's running away with itself, and I don't think it's possible. At, what, at one at, at some time, everyone's going to start having to pay for the electricity that has this, that's gutted up by these vehicles. And I'm, I was great. I I, I was out in a um, my son took a Tesla for a test drive, and it was absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic, being an electric car. And I love it that you know you're in a car that's that's not making loads of noise. I mean, I've drive fast cars, but I don't like all the noise that they give out. So <laughs> maybe it's my old age. Yeah. I don't know. But one thing I, I can say is, you get a good ride on these electric cars, and they're nice and smooth and they're nice and clean. Oh, yeah. But how many of the cars have got like a a distance capacity of over 300 miles is few and far between they get great for getting around in the in the in the town and the, and the city but um if you've got to go from say bournemouth to edinburgh yeah you'll have to stop off for a couple of hours on the way to recharge your car yeah or fly which would be even worse for the planet yeah well they say that but yeah. i mean the thing is Aeroplanes don't use petrol, do they? They use paraffin yeah. mm. or something like this. But then again, yeah, we we all keep, we keep talking about this uh, the carbon footprint through air air travel and every kind of other means of transport. But yeah. you know, if you go back to the day, if you go back to the days of yore, when a lot of the local travel was done on animal by using animals to pull them around, yeah. <laughs> might not be might not be so good for the animal. Mm. But if you got if you got horses doing a poo in the street, that poo would be used as a fertilizer in somebody's garden or in somebody's small holding or in somebody's allotment. You know, if it didn't get guzzled up and used by a by a <laughs> farmer. So this is this is recycling at its at its foremost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but but that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. I'm I'm totally against factory farming. Mm. I'm totally against the breeding animals for their for their fur or for for their bones or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, if you if you uh, investigate how the buffalo was utilised by the American Indian, just about every part of that animals was used for something. You know, whether it be yeah. for shelter, whether it be for clothing. 
uh, for food, for everything. But that, but unfortunately, because these multinational business um, consortiums or whatever you like to call corporations that have evolved in the United States of America, they they took away all the land from the American Indian and got rid of all the buffalo, starved the Indians. So in order that they built railway tracks out there, you see. So everybody, the blame for global warming, the, the blame for the deterioration of quality of life is not necessarily something that's happened in the past few years or the past 50 years, 100 years. It, it goes back and back and back and back. Mm. So, and if you, if you go back to um, 1918, for example, at the end of the First World War, London was, people were dying in their thousands and thousands from uh, a flu, well, I think it was a Spanish flu, whatever it was, yeah. um, and, and all this, all the germs and things were being passed on because all the excrement and all the all the, all the um, uh, pollution and everything was being channeled into the River Thames. So the River Thames was the most polluted and dangerous river in the whole world. Wow! At the same time, <laughs> that London was kind of the capital of the of the British Commonwealth. Um, so, you know, it all goes hand in hand. Then they, they improved the sanitation and started throwing all the rubbish further and further down the Thames so that it got pushed right out to sea and polluted the sea instead. So in the end, you start getting fish swimming around in the Thames again. Mm. But, you know, wh whatever you get, you have to pay the price for. Everyone can have every, anything they want. You could, you could say that. But whatever you want, whatever you have, what any person has, it comes at a cost. You don't get anything for nothing. You don't get something for nothing. Yeah. So whether you give up your personal freedom, whether you give up your money, whether you give up your quality of life, you the part the the price has to be paid for everything. Mm. Sorry to go on about this, but <laughs> this these are my thoughts, yeah. and these are some of the issues that interest me in this minds behind the music program. Mm. Yes, and this is why I'm happy to be involved with it and donate my years and years of um, experience in the music business or industry, whatever you like to call it today, um, and see how, how we can get more people more interested in taking, um, taking a few matters into their own hands as well to help. But it, when, you, when the politicians say to people, come on, you know, you should be thinking of other people and wear a mask, I don't think a lot of people think about other people's in so much as yeah. maybe politicians or whatever would like to think or to display. But if someone, if you said wear a mask, look, they say wearing a mask doesn't keep you safe, it keeps someone else safe. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. if you. It shows a bit of respect that you're caring for somebody else. But at the same time, if everybody was told, if you do this, it'll protect you, it'll save yourself, it'll save your family. People do things more for themselves in general. I'm not saying everybody. But in generally, people will do more for themselves than they will for other people. So if, and, and really, that's probably a good thing because yeah. if you can't be well yourself, if you can't be 100% fit yourself and healthy yourself, you're not able to give your service to others. So in, in a sense, when people think of them themselves, they're also thinking of other people without them realising it. Yeah, that's so true, actually. So in terms of the actual album, what other people have been working on it? Well, there's a whole mishmash. There's a number of people involved with this project. And, and the book, incidentally, the book is... is the, in, in the book, it's got people as diverse as, say, Francis Rossi mm. from Status Quo to Free the Pain that sung oh. Band of Gold. Yeah. Um, so, and on the album, I think we've got Simon Kirk, you know, about a drum, about a brilliant drummer, 
from bad company, um, well, and free, to, uh, to uh, like, great new indie-type band like Mr. Z, Dr. Z, right there. Yeah. So there's a whole... I haven't actually got a copy of the album yet myself. All right. So I'm yet to listen to it all. But it's a great thing that Phil G's put together. He's donated a lot of his time and effort into all the things into getting this because of his concern, you know, despite the fact that he's got issues of his own, serious issues of his own to deal with. He probably doesn't want me to, to mention that or speak to it, so I won't yeah. say anything more about him. That's, that's for him to decide and talk to yeah. himself. But I've had a long chat with him today, and I've, um, I've said what I think. But um, where can we go with this? It was just great shame that on the COP26 debate, they didn't show some videos of what are the, especially my one, the, the one, the plea for the planet, which it's not, it's not footage that you see in the background that's been made for a disaster movie. It's actually it's stuff that's actually happened. Yeah. It's, it's, but I mean, they, there's fires. There's there's uh, there's earth there's earthquakes. There's volcanoes erupting. Mm. There's there's animals dying. There's rubbish everywhere. There are ice caps melting. Um, it's not coincidental that, that this is happening. When I on my first long cruise that I went on. I was horrified at the amount of rubbish that was thrown from that ship into the sea. Mm. And that's how they dispose of the waste. If you keep throwing stuff in, it's the theory of displacement, isn't it? Yeah. Right? If, you, if you've got a glass full of water or any liquid and you put a big, say, nut and bolt in it, mm. it's going to displace the water that's in there and push it over the edge and, 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 the, and, the, and the water's going to run over the edge of the glass. Yeah. Um, so if you keep filling the sea up with rubbish, it's gonna it's gonna expand. It's gonna get polluted. It's gonna get messed up. It's gonna affect the the, the, the life that's in the sea. Look at look at look yeah. look how how bad the coral is de- deteriorated in a Great Barrier Reef. Oh yeah. Look how much and, and all this digging, dig everywhere, digging, digging, digging. I was in Australia in 2019. I was shocked about the amount of mining that's going there. We're sending all the coal over to China because it's much supposed to be a much much higher quality coal from anywhere else, but you could be driving in Australia one day and there's a road and the next minute the road's gone because it's been turned into a mine they're digging up something and the road's been moved somewhere else yeah it's a, there's got to be a consequence that every people always digging somewhere and digging things up and taking oil out taking gas out taking silver gold salt and, and, and the sad thing is I mean now around where I live is by, by, on, right on, by, by the Jurassic Coast there was, a, there was mining you know on the, uh, on the cliffs and things around here going down towards, um, out from Swanage onwards on the Dorset area and going into the Jurassic Coast, down to uh, like Purbeck Hills. Um, and then when it's no longer economical to, to take the stuff out of the ground, the, 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 the miners or the, or the people that are digging the, the, the rocks out of the quarry, they, they just abandon it. Wow. And, and it goes and they go and set up somewhere else. So we, I hope I'm not driving you mad with all my complaints, but <laughs> yeah. but they're all it's it's all quite factual. It's it's something that people sh- should be aware of. It's mm. something that politicians should be aware of. But how many politicians are actually in it for the good of the the other other people, the good of the individual in their country? Yeah. All these politicians say, oh, we got to get Labour into power. We got to get the the, re- the Conservatives into power. We got to get the Liberals into power. Mm. Is it about? getting their party into power 
Well, why don't all the brains get together and come up with the best issues, whether they're liberal or whether they're from the monster raving loony party or whatever, <laughs> and put all the brains together and look, work on a, on a way to do things. Look, most of the politicians, they're not scientists, are they? No. They've learned something else. They might be in economics. They might have got a degree in English literature, if you like. Yeah. How are they? How has anyone qualified to say, right, is this is the way a virus spreads? So this is what we can do to address it. My opinion is, I have got no, I've got no problem with having a having a vaccination. Yeah. I, I grew up with vaccinations at my age. You know, we had polio injections, measles, diphtheria, whooping cough, the lot. You know, yeah. that we used to get all this stuff. So maybe people say uh, it's, uh, it's um, how can you say their liberty is at risk because they're being forced into having a, a vaccine before they're allowed to enter a nightclub, for example. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a personal choice. At least I, as far as I understand, there's no actual law coming into, this, into, the, into the UK about that if you don't have all the jabs, you're going to go end up in jail. It's against the law. Mm. But nevertheless... I think you can't dismiss the fact that, uh, that vaccinations work. If it wasn't for yeah. measles, I don't know about now, but measles was the most contagious virus in the world. Yeah. And, I, and, and funny enough, when I was in uh, New Zealand in uh, the autumn of 2019, I read in a local, in a, well, I read in a, a newspaper that there was an influx of meals appearing in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not reported in this country. See, we're not saying about it, but yeah. measles is highly contagious, and I had it very, very badly. When I was young, I, had to, I, I was in, in a, had to stay in a darkened room for a couple of weeks and wear an eye shield. So measles, there's lots of stuff out there. And this, this, I think it was, um, I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday on the news, two women that have had caesarean operations contracted herpes and died from it yeah right because there's a new strain of herpes a herpes is is a virus connected to like shingles and shingles is related to chicken pox they're all viruses an antibiotic won't kill a virus mm. i expect you know that don't you yes yeah because you need an antiviral and, and, and the and the over the over prescription of antibiotics throughout the world has resulted in germ resistant or, or um, what do they call antibiotic it? Resistant, antibiotic resistant. Yeah, antibiotic resistant germs. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And this is, and it goes on and on and on, from sexually transmitted diseases to all kinds of other diseases. Yeah. And this is what it, it always happens. It, it always happens. I, 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 do you want me to keep on and on and on, on complaining? <laughs> or should I? Or should I stop? I don't know. I don't know what. Are you a music a radio um, music station or what? What? Yeah, we're a music station, but you know, mix it in with interviews and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, it makes a change not to be talking about how did you get the name Mungo Jerry or, or, what, was your, or what was your first record and you oh, know, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. I could talk about that as well, but oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just find it interesting to shout my mouth off to you yeah. about all these other issues. <laughs> well, in terms of the album, again, how would you describe the overall musical style of it? Is it varied depending on who's doing each song? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's very, very, very... I'd say it was pretty quite varied. Yeah. There's genres of music. Um, but, I, I mean, I have to be honest, as I said to 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I haven't actually got a copy of the album. Yeah. Because I haven't listened to every track. I've only had, heard the ones that have been passed on to me. Mm. But they've got some great artists on there, very interesting artists. Um, but it's good that the artists have lent their time and their efforts and their, um, what, what would you call it? Their um... skills. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's one word to use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The creativity, I suppose, mm. for a project like this. Um, but see, us, uh, us older members of the music fraternity, if you like to describe us as that, would have different a different take on the music business to the younger people coming into it because yeah. it's it's practically impossible for somebody to actually come in there and make a recording and make any money out of it. Um, it's, I, I advise people if they're interested in music and they want to record and they want to play, look look upon it as a great hobby to have. Yeah. Don't think that you're going to go in out there and you're going to make a living out of it because you won't. It's, it's, it's even more and more difficult. Although the academies will have you think otherwise because they want you to pay money to go on courses to learn how to be a songwriter, for example. Oh, yeah. How to become a hit songwriter. Well, so you could go, you know, how to become a how to become another Picasso. How to become another this, that or the other. You can buy books on all kinds of subjects about trying to how to become this and how to become that. How to become a successful crime writer. Yeah. yeah. So how to do it. There's not enough. There's just not enough room in the in the world for everyone to be known and 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 make a living out of something that they enjoy. And it's even more difficult now because the consumer has got a, a great way to get music for absolutely next to nothing, which is by logging onto a, a, a streaming device like Spotify. Or yeah, yeah. But but at the end of the day, the writer, the producer. 
the artist is going to make next to nothing out of it. And mm. even 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 on radio stations, you've got radio stations that play, that, are, that, are, that are private. These these got these oldie goldie stations, yeah. which is okay for people to listen to, but they're not gonna, they don't pay much money. You're not going to get much, any money from the performance or the the broadcast. The only money that anyone's going to make out reasonably from music is if if the public decide to buy music on a physical in as physical product. Yeah. And if you consider that when the CD came into the marketplace. In its heyday, the price, well, I don't know when it was, was it in the, in the mid-80s, early 80s? Ish. Early 80s. The CD then was around about 30, retail price, £13.99. Yeah. I was in the Tesco's and I've been in Sainsbury's even three, four, five years ago. I remember seeing Rod Stewart, the best of Rod Stewart, all original, all, all originals, all original recordings, £2.50. Wow. My, Michael Jackson, £3.50. Who's going to make any money out of that? That's in today's world. Yeah. It's not right. It's not right. The, uh, things have to be changed. But is this another thing? Governments uh, can, can pass laws to deal with matters like this, but they don't. Yeah. If someone's got a gripe, it has to become a civil matter. And if you get into litigation, you're going to end up paying about £500 an hour plus VAT for a, for a lawyer. And if he goes to court into litigation, you're going to have to hire the services of a barrister as well. Yeah. So people can't, people can't fight that, the average person in the street, even in, in the music business. They can't and they won't. But the government don't do it because if the government decide that they're going to stop all streaming services, <laughs> all, the, all the public that are paying their was it 16 99 or something for a family Spotify membership, they're not going to get that anymore. And the yeah. family have to go out. If they want music, they're going to have to buy it. Yeah. It's, but it's not right. Everybody wants something for nothing. You don't get anything for nothing. But yeah. us us creative people that make music are expected to get, give their services around for nothing. Because where can you go these days? It's difficult to go anywhere without having music blasted at you. Yeah. Whether you like the music or you don't, you've got no choice. I mean, some of the supermarkets, have got, some of the supermarkets, I must say, have got better. They've got no music in it at all now. Hmm. But a lot of some of these big DIY stores and these mega places, they blast away stuff, all sorts, all different, and they and they're not considering they're not considering the um, the demographic of the of uh, of, of the, the far wide demographic of the people that visitors. So what might someone might like a bit of punk music in the background because it reminds them of their sort of mid to late seventies youth. Or teenage youth, but someone else might want. They might, they might have been into Duran Duran. They want to hear a bit of eighties music, mm. or whatever. And you can't please everyone, so it's probably better not to play anything at all. Yeah, that's true. The other thing is, I w- I will complain about. Yeah, if I got the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's the that's the fact that if you if a, if a person goes shopping and they and there's and there's and they live on their own, and yeah. they want a and they want a, a soft drink, a can of soft drink. They have to buy, in, in a lot of cases, you can't just buy one. Mm. You have to buy a, a multi-pack. Yeah. Same same with yogurt, same with eggs, same with cheese, same with fruit. Why is it that we've got microplastic that's choking everybody up, <clears throat> yet they're using this horrible plastic nets to contain oranges or satsumas and some other fruit, and as soon as you break that net apart, Little bits of plastic fall all over the floor or all over the worktop of the, if you did it in the kitchen. Wow, yeah. Why, why is that allowed? It makes the transportation's easier. People have to buy what they don't want. There was a time when you could walk into a store and say, right, I want 
I want a quarter, a, a quarter pounds of broken biscuits. And the shopkeeper will say, we haven't got any bris- broken biscuits. So you say, here's a hammer, break some. <laughs> that was my little joke. But at one time you could buy, if you want a, if you want a quarter pound or half a pound of custard creams or chocolate digestive, you could get them. But now you have to buy a whole pack. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff says, say cheese or yogurt or or, or um, ready, ready cooked chicken breast pieces. You know, I see it big. It says best before date. Yeah, quite, quite big. Yeah. yeah. And you think, great. I buy that. There's enough in there to last me a week or 10 days. But little do you know, once you've opened it and then you look at the storage details, once open, used within 24 hours. Once oh, yeah. open, used within three days. So unless you've got a big family or you can go around giving it to the dog or the birds or the squirrels or or your friends and family, you might have to end up throwing all that away. Yeah. And then if you decide to eat it and you get a bad stomach because it has gone off, because a lot of the time, best before is not the use-by date. Yeah. This is what I always say. The small print should be the big print. Yeah. And now, what's even worse, and it's got, it, it, it was already bad, but I think it's got even worse. If you watch if you watch commercial television and see advertisements at the end of the day at the end of the ad someone will speak at the most horrendous speed faster yeah. than the speed of the Concorde and tell you about terms and conditions yeah yeah you know you, uh, uh, they should say that slow so mm. people know what they're letting themselves in for before they decide to subscribe to a new telephone service before they decide to take out a life uh, a, 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 a pension and whatever because a lot of this stuff people people join up they pay out they pay a pension a life insurance yeah they don't realize that they're not going to get any money from it unless unless they die mm. they think they think they're going to get their money they think if they pay whatever they pay a month into that in, for that insurance they're going to get it back mm. but they're just paying for the insurance the health insurance People should be aware they pay health insurance that the insurance company are only going to ins- give you money like if you have got nothing chronic. As soon as you get something chronic, which you've insured yourself for, they don't want to know. They'll do everything they can not to pay you. And it's the yeah. same with the government. We call it, see, we call it the National Health ins- We call it the Nas- National Health Service, yeah. which is absolutely brilliant. It's great to have a National Health Service, but... You pay national insurance stamps. You pay national insurance. And when you take out an insurance, you get a book or a booklet or pamphlet or something which gives you all the terms and conditions contained within that insurance. But we don't get that from our national insurance, do we? Because Because it's called National Health Service. Yeah. Otherwise, we could say, right, we're promised... See, we're promised that we're going to get seen to within four hours... If you go to um, something like uh, an out, the outpatients department, yeah. If you have an accident, yeah. yeah. If you're seen, if you're seen within four hours, that's supposed to be good. Yeah. But you could have dropped dead. You could have dropped dead in that time. Yeah. So all you're going to get seen is that they're going to say, "Oh yeah, we've seen you. Great. Cross on you. Give you a death certificate. <laughs> yeah. And and and, and um, other things. It's a great excuse for, for doctors not to actually look you in the eye and see you face to face, isn't it, at the moment? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've had open heart surgery this year, and it's been wonderful. They did a great job. They rebuilt, rebuilt my heart, kind of stuff. But I had to pay for it, I had, because if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't have got in there, and I would, you'd be talking to me out of a wooden box right now. Mm. So this, it's great that we got the, and it's the same, it's the same hospital is that, that if it was on the NHS. 
the same surgeons, the same doc, the same everything, but it's just that I had the ability to jump the queue because I was able to pay for it. Well, that's not fair, is it, really? No. But then again, it, it, because I did that, it opened the door for someone else to get seen to that can't afford it. Yeah. But I can't say that I can afford it all the time because every time I've been since, I still, I'm still paying for it. And um, I'm just, I'm just, as I said before, my gripe is we're doing the Minds Behind the Music project, which is something that we're trying to do about making more people aware about global warming, the state of the ecology situation worldwide. But my gripe is not only that, because I think it's all relative, is the state and the deterioration of the quality of life for most people. Yes, definitely. And the money from the album is going towards the Born Free Foundation. So can you just describe what that foundation do, basically, if you know? If you want to find out all about the Born Free Foundation, you speak to whoever founded it. <laughs> because, as, look, as much as I'd like to say that any income will be derived from the distribution and the streaming of this group, this bunch of recordings, unless unless people buy it physically at the full price, it's not going to even cover the cost of the of the making of it. Yeah. But what it what it will do is make people aware of the subject matter that we're discussing here, and about how everyone can play their part in doing something about the state of their country or their world or their town or their village. Or whatever. Yes, definitely. So, how are you spending Christmas this year then? I wish I knew. <laughs> I would love to know because <laughs> my two of my boys are in Germany. My wife is German. They're over there yeah. with their studio and stuff. We're social media influencers, photographers, videographers and stuff like this. And um, we're hoping that they're, that they're going to manage to get back here and we're all going to have a Christmas together in the UK. Yeah. Um, up until... Um, 2019, because the, pa- the, the the pandemic kicked off in early 20, 2020. Yeah. But but news of the virus was out round about November 2019. Hmm. Um, and we we actually did stay together for Christmas. But yeah. you know, for the few years preceding that, it's not nice for the housewife. <laughs> I say yeah. This. <laughs> you know, like my wife and a lot of wives would think. Oh, I suppose it's nice in a way. I have to wait on everyone. I've got to cook the turkey. I've got mm. to do this. I, or if they're vegetarian, I've got to cook the nut roast. Yeah. I, and I remember my mom, mother, you know, it used to be accepted in those days. And I'd, and I'd go down a pub, you know, as a kid with my cousins and our, and our, our dads. And what the mum stayed at home and it was, it was okay in there. Things, times have changed. Mm. Times have changed and it's, it's not like it used to be. I had a, I had a great childhood with, my, with all my cousins. We were, I've got no brothers and sisters, but all my cousins and aunts and uncles, it was like one big happy family. We did everything together, but over the years things split up and they've changed. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What are you going to be doing? The same as usual, just with the family, innit? Mm. Yeah, it's great. When the children are young and the grandchildren, that you, and you've got access to your grandchildren and you can play with them, it's great for little children, isn't it? It's yeah. what a wonderful thing it is. But even years and years ago, my father used to say, son, Christmas is a racket. Mm. And I know what he means. It's more and more and more and more, nothing to do about it to do with what, the Christmas celebration or the feast or whatever you like to call it is all about. 
It doesn't matter what religion you are. You could just you could just look upon Christmas as a time to think of others and yeah. do a bit of good rather than a bit of bad. But all people are interested now is how much money they can take in the retail. Oh, yeah. But oh, it's lovely talking to you, Toby. Yeah. Anything else you wish to ask me? Well, just where could we find the album if we'd like to hear it? Well, I suggest that you just go into Spotify. I suggest that, that you have a look, go to YouTube. Yeah. And have a look for my track. It's called A Plea for the Planet by Mungo Jerry. And, it, and mine's behind the music. I've also put up the video in that track. And also Dr. Z has got a track up there. So just to get a taster of it, I don't know how many hits it had. It's not, we haven't even got into promotion yet. These mm. days, it's not a big... You don't have to go into promotion in one big heavy thing. Yeah. See, a lot of stuff years ago, record companies used to promote and promote and promote and try and, and, and get chart placing. So if you sold a lot of copies in one week, you get a higher chart position. Yeah. Even if you sold next to nothing the following week, it didn't matter. They, it's like, that's how I like the... I was in the same record company as the Jam, a guy that I was dealing with signed the Jam, signed them up. They got to number, they pre they pre promote their like their single several weeks before it was available, and mm-hmm. then drum up demand for it. So all their all the fans were going to the stores, do an order, and they would hit the chart. Yeah. In my in my day, when in the summertime, that's my first single came <laughs> out. It it was there was no promotion or anything. It just worked. Mm-hmm. There's no <clears throat> in the summertime one one Monday morning before. Lunchtime, 75,000 copies were sold and paid for wow. by the record company, by the distributors. You think nothing, you think nothing of selling 30,000 singles a day at yeah. that time. That's incredible. Yeah, if you sold 30,000 singles these days, you'd probably be your number one for 10 years. Yeah. yeah I, that was a slight exaggeration. Yeah. And is there anywhere we can just keep up to date with you, yourself, in places? Yeah. Just put Mungo Jerry into the search engine and go to mungojerry.com or Mungo Magic. And if you go to Mungo Magic website, which is, which I don't control, I do it. It's an amazing amount of history that's got down there from date sheets go back to 1970s and connections with many other people. On my site, it's about like connections to merch, maybe some news. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us here on the show this afternoon. It's been great to chat with you. You too. Well, Toby, God bless. You take care and uh, have a lovely uh, Christmas and New Year. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com The throbbing pulse of sound The Toby Gribben Show